balanced crystalloids versus saline. The question before our two guests is, which is the better choice in fluid therapy? Dr. Patricia Critic of the University of Washington and Dr. Todd Rice of Vanderbilt have agreed to explore the issue in this edition of Clinical Conversations from the NEJM Group. Todd Rice had two papers published in the New England Journal of Medicine back in 2018, one on the use of the two approaches in non-critically ill patients and the other on their use in the ICU. In this February, in NEJM Evidence, he published a meta-analysis on the topic. I'll hand the discussion over to Trish Critic, who practices critical care medicine. Thanks so much, Joe. And Todd, thanks so much for joining me for this conversation. As you know, it's one of my favorite things to debate with you, and that is, is it balanced crystalloids or is it saline? And I think this actually goes back to when we were residents that we would talk about, is it saline or is it LR? And in those days, the medicine folks said, saline and the surgeons and anesthesiologists said LR. And I think it was just kind of culture then. Um, but over time, people have started studying this. And I would say the early studies didn't really say there was a difference until you published the two trials that Joe alluded to a moment ago, um, SMART and SALT-ED. And all of a sudden, we had some evidence that suggested maybe there's a better choice. So I want to spend more of our time talking about the more recent studies and the meta-analysis that, that you were a co-author on. But yeah. before we do that, I think for our listeners to really understand kind of where this debate is now, maybe it would be valuable for you to kind of go over briefly what SMART showed. Yeah, so, um, you know, SMART was a large pragmatic trial in the ICUs here at Vanderbilt, and there were five ICUs at the time that were enrolling in that trial. Um, and what we did was we essentially alternated fluids that were being used in the ICUs uh, every month in every ICU. And we did it this way for a couple of reasons. One is it allowed us to enroll a lot of patients. But the second was is that it allowed us to control fluids in a much better way in our patients. And so you guys, if you're an ICU clinician, know that many times you'll say to your ICU nurse, let's just give them 500 milliliters of fluid or a liter of fluid. And the nurse, at least at my institution, walks to the dispensing unit and grabs the fluid and gives it to the patient. And the way we did it in SMART, the way we actually designed SMART, that allowed that to be study fluid that the nurse would get and the patient would then get on study fluid. And you know, briefly, SMART used a composite endpoint of mortality um, by the time you, either by 28 days or the time you left the hospital. Uh, new dialysis, so you were not on dialysis when you came to the hospital, but you needed dialysis at some point during your hospitalization, or your creatinine was double its baseline when you left, not at any point during your hospitalization, but when you were discharged from the hospital. And if you had any of those, you met the composite. And SMART found that the composite was more frequent in patients that got saline. Um, they were allocated to the saline group. They had more of that, what's called make 30 was that composite outcome. Mm -hmm. um, but it wasn't a big difference. It was only a 1% difference between the saline groups and the balanced fluids groups. And we think part of the reason that we saw a difference of 1% and that was significant was because of the fact that we enrolled almost 16,000 patients in that study. And so, you know, because we had a large sample size, we were able to detect what we thought was a real difference, but a pretty small difference between the two groups. 
Yeah, I, I think it's really interesting. First of all, we could spend a long time talking about how cool that design was and the kind of the learning healthcare system. But for the sake of today's discussion, I'm just going to say it was a really interesting study design and it did allow you to have lots of patients. And interestingly, I think it had a huge impact because after 2018, I feel like a lot of clinicians across the country in ICUs and outside of ICUs started grabbing LR or a balanced crystalloid, maybe plasmalite. I think in our my world, it's usually LR, lactated yep. ringers, more often than saline. And I actually think that was a big change. It's evolved enough in that time period that I have house staff who say like, you gave that patient saline like it was poison. And yep. I found that that was fascinating how different practice was because of these two trials. And I bet that's true at your institution too, because you are one of the people, you were the people who studied it. I think that what's interesting next is that we in critical care have had a study that seemed like, oh, we should change practice based on this study. And then we've found, subsequently found other studies that maybe didn't support it. So I think there are many skeptics in our community. And so people said, we got to see if those folks from Vanderbilt are actually right. Sure, they enrolled a lot of people, but let's retest that. And so in 2020, 21, the basics trial came out, the Brazilian studied this with a randomized controlled trial, not like yours, kind of a more traditional RCT design of about almost 11,000 patients, not as many as you. And they really didn't find a difference. It was different. They were people who needed a fluid resuscitation they, they, or fluid challenge, I think is the language they used. But they found that there wasn't a difference in mortality or in renal outcomes. And then what brings us to the conversation today is at the same time, the Australian and New Zealand critical care or intensive care society, ANZICS, studied the same thing. And in March of this year, they published a trial, again, not as many patients, 5,000 patients, RCT, and they also didn't show a difference. Both those trials use plasmalite and not lactated ringer, so it's a little bit different. I think um, ANZICS also were people who needed a, a fluid challenge or needed fluid resuscitation. Again, not all comers like you had. So there's some differences in these studies, but the, the ANZICS trial would, would and, and I would say basics, would say, maybe what you found wasn't actually true. And maybe there isn't that much of a difference between these two different types of fluid. And we don't have to worry about it so much. I'll add one more thing before I ask you to comment about that, and then we can talk about the meta-analysis. There was also a little intriguing signal, and I feel like that we've known this before, that maybe in some populations of patients, specifically those with traumatic brain injury, that balanced crystalloid might be worse than saline. And in those folks, maybe we should be giving saline to those people. I would say this is kind of like pendulum swings a little bit more towards the middle and maybe even a little bit to the other side. And then, of course, because we always do this, and then you were part of a group that did a meta-analysis that included your trials, basics, the ANZICS trial, and a few others. So tell me what your take is after all that. And, and tell me what you thought about what you found in the meta-analysis. Yeah, so um, a lot to digest there. But what I'd say is, is that um, trials and results need to be replicated. And there were critiques of our study that were appropriate critiques. One is it was only done at Vanderbilt and you know what happens at Vanderbilt and what may be real here may not necessarily be able to be replicated or may not hold true for places that do things differently. We all do things a little differently. So I think replication was, was really important. Both basics and plus, um, one big trial design difference is they enrolled patients 
only when they made it to an ICU and they started their enrollment in the ICU. So mm -hmm. they have a lot of, not a lot, that's not fair. They have fluid given before they got to the ICU that was off study. And we got lucky because our institution was really excited about doing this new trial and our ED joined us. And so we actually have a large proportion of our patients that got the study fluid for all of the fluid that was given to them prior to the ICU. And when we looked at that, that actually makes a difference. You could actually lose the signal in SMART when you only looked at patients that got it starting in the ICU as compared to patients that got it starting in the ED. And the Brazilian group actually just published, I think maybe even yesterday, but this month in the Blue Journal, their experience on the patients that have pure fidelity to the protocol um, before the ICU. And they similarly see a signal in the group that has the same fluid, balanced fluids throughout, and then you lose that signal when there's some contamination with saline. So I think that's a, a big part of this. The second thing I'll say is that the TBI signal, I think is real. And I think it's real that that group does better with saline. There's some biological plausibility. The balanced fluids are a little hypoosmolar and hypotonic, not a lot, but a little bit. And that little bit may really matter when your brain is trying to swell. Um, yep. And so the question that I actually have is, is it just traumatic brain injury or is it any brain injury? Um, and we have some interest in an ongoing proposal to look at this in subarachnoid hemorrhage, for example, um, which is a non-traumatic subarachnoid hemorrhage. So it's a non-traumatic brain injury. In SMART, interestingly, we have a neuro ICU. And the signal is very positive for balanced fluids in our neuro ICU when you look at that subgroup. But the caveat that I'll tell you is, is our neuro ICU takes care of a lot of post-spinal surgery patients that don't really have brain injury. And our TBI patients go to the trauma unit and not the neuro unit. So those patients are not in the neuro unit. So I'm really intrigued if there's something different about brain injury from trauma versus brain injury from non-trauma. And I think that'll be one of the things going forward we'll try and figure out is the right thing to give saline to a traumatic patient that you have brain, you think has brain injury, or is the right thing to give saline to any patient that has brain injury, even if it was an ischemic stroke that's causing them to have this brain injury. And I think I'm, I like the, the kind of emphasis on, I think we need to understand if there are subsets and subpopulations for whom there is a better fluid, because a lot of these trials are like anyone going to the ICU as, as we've talked about. So it feels like to me, to be honest, in the short term, anybody with brain injury, I would just use saline because I don't think that the difference is that big. And I know that might not be what you do. And then you can tell me later that you studied it further and I can refine my practice. But if there's a hint of harm in TBI, I feel like I can broaden and use saline in that group. I will say that in general, even though I'm not quite as much of a believer as you are in all of this, I reach for balanced crystalloid. And for me, that's lactator ringers most of the time. I don't actually use plasmalite in my clinical practice. But if I'm going to give something quickly, I'm going to grab some LR, except for if somebody has stuff going on with their brain. How about you? We use mostly LR. This is a little, um, a little uh, prompt or a little uh, tease, I guess is what they call it in this world. Um, we actually have a study that's completed and is currently being analyzed that compares LR and plasmalite. Uh, personally, I think there's probably no difference between those two, but we'll have some better idea um, when we get the final analysis of those results to know if LR versus plasmalate really matters. But in my IC right now, it's, it's almost all lactated ringers. We have the ability, we actually have a different 
formulation. It's called Normasol, but it's exactly the same as Plasmolite, just a different manufacturer. So we have that at my institution. Um, we just always grab LR. Yeah. You would yeah, ask about the we, you had asked about the meta-analysis and what I would try and say to get us launched in this era is this, when basics and plus came out, people asked me and they said, you know, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think? And my reply, which people who are listening to this have probably heard was there to this date, even including basics and plus has yet to be a trial where saline won. So there's some conflicting, it's either neutral or balanced fluids one, but there aren't any in all comers of the ICU where saline won. Um, and what that makes me think is it's highly likely that balanced is probably better and that the signal is probably pretty small. So you're not talking about a 20% difference in mortality, you're talking about a pretty small signal. And I think that's what the meta-analysis said. The meta-analysis that through all these trials together, when we did it as a frequentist approach and looked at a traditional p-value, the p-value is like 0.08 or 0.09, it doesn't quite reach statistical significance. When you look at it as a Bayesian approach, it says, well, there's like an 89.5% chance that balanced fluids are better. This is, again, all comers. Leave the TBI population, that group's out of there. Yeah, yeah. Um, all comers, there's an 89.5% chance that balanced fluids uh, are beneficial from a mortality standpoint. And I think that's where I sit. With all of the data that are out there, if you gave me truth serum and said, what do you really think? I really think that balanced fluids probably are the better choice than the vast majority of our ICU patients. But I think that difference is a small difference. And the reason I have a passion about it and it makes me, you know, wake up and do my job every day is because we give this fluid to a lot of people. And so if there's only a 1% difference in the outcome, say mortality, but you're giving it to 30 million people, suddenly we're talking about a lot of lives because 1% of 30 million is a lot. And the other side of this is to be in, in fully transparent is it's not hard. At my institution, they cost the same thing, and it's just picking one from the menu as opposed to the other from the menu because they're both here. And so that's why, you know, I kind of beat the balanced fluid drum. And I, I mean, I think you raised the last point that I was going to make, which is if LR or plasmoid cost 10 times the cost of saline, I think maybe we'd feel slightly differently. But I think at almost every institution across this country, at least, they're, you know, sense different, if any difference. So there's not really a cost reason not to pick lactated ringers uh, or a balanced crystalloid. So I, I tend to agree with you and I hear you. I do think it's a small difference. And I'm particularly interested in the future of us understanding where there maybe is the most benefit. Because the last thing that I want to emphasize that you said, which is we're talking about the ICU because we work in the ICU. But your data and the other kind of reanalyses would suggest it's really the folks in the ED and the OR who are making a difference in what they pick. Yeah. And what we pick doesn't matter nearly as much. So yeah. I think the nuances will be interesting over time. But for now, I, I'm with you. I'm going to grab LR, except for if somebody has something going on with their brain. Yeah, I agree. And what I would say about the where I think the difference really is, and mm -hmm. this includes our second the SALT ED, the second New England Journal article that didn't involve critically ill patients. Yeah. I think it's actually the first fluid you give. I think we kind of set the path with that first fluid we give. So if somebody hasn't gotten fluid and they're coming to me in the ICU, then me choosing balanced fluids is probably a big deal to them. But the patient who's already gotten a liter or two in the ED or in the OR or on the floor, right? The, the die may already be cast in that group, and it may be that we've already kind of set their path based off of what we chose as the first fluid that we gave them. Uh, and I think that that I think we're, we're beginning to realize is, is really important. Yep, I hear you, and I agree.
Okay, I think we have talked a lot about what fluids to give somebody. Some people might be shocked that we could talk this long, and yet I know we could talk even longer if given the time. But I'm going to stop here and say thank you, Todd, for the conversation and hand it back to Joe. Absolutely. Thanks for the invitation. And, and thank you, Dr. Critic and, and Dr. Rice. And by the way, I think I'm going to use a balanced fluid, a balanced crystalloids to cook rice tonight. All right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All right, so that was our 289th edition. We come to you from the writers and editors of NEJM Journal Watch. Our executive producer is Kristen Kelly, and I'm Joe Elia. Thank you for listening.